Hello there. Welcome everyone to On Call with Insignia, where we go on call with Southeast Asia's emerging technology startup leaders and investors. Today, I'm joined by my colleague and principal at Insignia Ventures, Julian Chua, as co-host for today's episode. Vietnam is one of Southeast Asia's fastest-growing economies, with a GDP per capita upwards of 2,500 US dollars and more than 250 billion US dollars capitalization in stocks and cash markets. And this year, in spite of the current economic situation, it has become the only Asian economy apart from China set to see GDP growth this year. But for small to medium investors, investing in this economic growth can be quite difficult and expensive, especially for younger millennial consumers who comprise the majority of Vietnam's population. This is where Finhei stepped in three years ago to make investing more accessible to the youth. So customers can start investing on Finhei with as little as $3. Since then, they've become Vietnam's leading platform for small and medium investment. And thanks to more consumers now demanding online platforms for financial transactions, Finhei is riding a new wave of growth. And today, to talk about Finhei's new wave of growth, we're calling Finhei founder and CEO, Hui Yen. So Julian, how did Insignia get to know Hui? Oh, thanks, Paolo, and also thanks, Hui, for joining us today. We have known Hui since 2018, and we have met him in person in Vietnam. And it has been our honor to have the opportunity to partner with Hui since then. We were very impressed with his background knowledge that he has gained in the wealth management space in Australia. And we have also seen how Hui grew over the time. We are very thankful to have more investors supporting us along the way. And of course, congratulations to Hui for making it to the Forbes 30 under 30 Asia list. And welcome to the show, Hui. All right. Thanks, guys, for having me today. Such an honor. First time for me doing podcast, and hopefully my sharing will be helpful to everyone. Nice. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, it has been a privilege for us to support Finhei since early on. And to start, I'd like to turn back the clock to your pre-Finhei days back in Sydney. We have often encountered founders who studied or started working abroad before deciding to return to start their own company. Can you share with the audience what influenced your decision to return to Vietnam? Yes, coming back to, let's say, uh, 14, 15, and 16, that was the time that I finished my jobs at a couple of companies, and I think the most well-known was MP in Australia. And then I think that's a mix of working as a financial advisor and keep looking back at the country, reading news about the economy and so on. Just to rely on Vietnam back in 14, 15, started to have many good numbers in terms of GDP growth. The economy in general has been receiving a lot of regulations that are pro-private sector. So I think that was really a big move of the country moving towards a private sector-oriented country. And I think that was the very first hint is to look at Vietnam as a good opportunity. And then I think it's more of a personal level where my friends actually just started to go back to the country and actually trigger my thought, okay, should I also go back? Friends of mine are going back. So that was the second reason. And I think the third reason was simply because of the family. I haven't been back for like years. I think that was seven years since I'm going to be away from Vietnam. And so just want to go back. And then I think back in 16 and 17, I took a few trips back to the country and then came back to Vietnam and work on Finhei full time. In summary, there are a few reasons. I think the opportunity, the economy is growing. And the second was seeing friends of mine back in Australia, also moving back to Vietnam. And not to Australia, but also other countries. We see lots of talents from overseas coming back to the country, which to show a good sign that Vietnamese from overseas are coming back. So it means we have a good source of talents. And certainly just a simple reason, a family reason. Those were the three reasons that I decided to go back. Nice. And besides all this kind of GDP or economy and the fact that family is back in Vietnam, 
what was the landscape back then, you know, 2017, 2018? How was the landscape, uh, the environment when you returned? Back in 17, the fintech landscape was really concentrated in the payment sector. So from my memory, we had 80 plus fintech and a majority of them were payment e-wallet and peer-to-peer lending. So personally, I saw a big gap between wealth and payment. So technically, it's the blue ocean. We don't see many wealth fintech in the country, not to mention that other sector like crowdfunding, EKYC, and blockchain also considered as fintech back then. But I think now it's more right. moving away mm-hmm. sector. So I think it's such a blue ocean for retail investing or wealth management. I think even now, we started to see a good opportunity for wealth fintech in the country. So spotting the blue ocean and you were looking to ride the wave of the gap in wealth management and the fact that, you know, the space is becoming more widespread in Vietnam. And one thing that we found remarkable with Finhe is that the scale that we have witnessed with you, what do you think were the factors that enabled this to happen? First was the learning curve that we had in the first two years. So totally agree with you on a few points where even though it's a blue ocean, it means it's early in the country. So 17, when we first launched the product, we didn't have much traction. It's more of a learning curve. And also I broke my experience from overseas back to Vietnam. So the behavior of the Vietnamese user was completely different. The first two years was more learning curve. And then afterwards, we started to fit in with the culture and design our system and the product to fit in with the behavior of Vietnamese consumers. So that was the first sort of a learning there. I think the second reason was, I think, timing why. I think COVID-19, it just turned people from sort of offline to online and people more accepting online services and FinHay is not excluded. And the third reason was, I think, after March 2020, the stock market going down and the interest curve just going down. That was the time that FinHay launched our money market fund product with Tinbit Asset Management. And then it just outperformed any others. And we started to see money coming in and attraction booming since then. Nice, nice. Can you share a little bit further in terms of the products, given that you have you know, a couple of different products today, mutual funds, ETFs, money market funds. And also, what was the thinking behind rolling out these different offerings besides a little bit COVID pool kind of effect? So I think coming from the product perspective, so for example, in Australia, when we design a product, it tends to be more simplistic. It's a simple product design and it's easy to use. And when we brought back to Vietnam, where we have a simple sort of single line product and Vietnamese consumers tend to see this app lack content. So when we did the research on the user behavior, we see it's a different country, different behavior in terms of understanding the product. And then, so we started to jam in more product line and then we started to see more engagement, which is quite kind of funny, you know. I think that's why in South Asia we see the idea of super app, but from the Western world, it's more of a specialized product. Fina is not exception. So when we first launched our mutual funds product line, the traction was okay. And then afterward, because of the interest curve, it's going down and our money market fund launched. And then we started to see engagement coming in. The money is split into money market fund and then also in mutual fund and ETFs. And now we're having more product line and then we do see traction keep coming in. I think that to retain our user coming back to the app where they come in, they do see different product line and they explore and they engage more often within the app. Yes, that is very helpful sharing and thanks for that. Besides the kind of products and also the engagement that you've managed to gain from the user's perspective, I believe that one of the growth has also been the partnerships that you have with banks, e-wallets, you know, fund managers, and so on and so forth. What is the outlook of all these more traditional 
financial players when it comes to fintech in Vietnam? And how does Finhe approach all these partnerships? The, the first year when we approached them, most of them said no. <laughs> Why would I have to partner with you when I can do it myself? And then second year when we started to have traction and then started to have a brand out there. And then the third year is when we actually come back and then partner more with them. They actually really welcome because I think not just that we created a long relationship, but also the Vietnamese government has been promoting digital transformation really hard in the last three years. I'm sure you heard a lot about 4.0 revolution. So that was the sort of tagline the government has been promoting the entire country to transform their business model. And then same with the traditional player. And now they realize digital transformation is really a key, especially after the COVID. So now we do see a lot of traditional players actually approach us and want to partner with us. Given that we have created a strong traction and at the same time, we created a long relationship. The first few years was really hard and recently getting much better and they changed their mindset in terms of working with fintech and they do realize that fintech actually become more efficient than what their normal operations are doing because i know that a few traditional players are still using excel and a way to record their transaction i think that it's not scalable and working with fintech just help them to scale easier it's good to hear that do you also have any interesting stories of how your users or customers have benefited from using Finhei? Yeah, so I think let's use a personal story. So he's actually from the rural areas and he read about Finhei on media and he did a research on us and watched our YouTube and one of the Shark Tank member YouTube channel. And then he started to use the app. Initially, he just did give it a try. But after trying, he actually loved the idea of saving up a small amount of money because from his perspective, he didn't have much money. And uh, he just wants to get a habit of saving money and the money actually working for him. And he found Finhai. I think in the first few weeks, he just committed one deposit in a week. But nowadays, from when we track the number, he actually do that twice a week, which he create really a sort of a positive habit. And then he sent a thanks letter to us saying, because using Fina, he actually saved more than what he's been doing. Because when we have the small amount of money, he just tend to spend it on sort of a coffee and tea and so on. But using Fina actually saved him a couple of hundred dollars after using the product. So I think that is the most inspiring story that we have at Fina, that the person from rural area actually used the product and saved more with us. Nice. The story is very inspiring. And, you know, given that Finhei has launched, you know, a couple of products, they suit the users that you, you have been serving right now. What are the models globally that you admire or you see in the market? And what are the differences that you see between these models, be it in US or China versus the one that you are running in Vietnam? So there are a few models that we really admire. The first one is Acorns. And Jeff created a really wonderful product and I actually got inspired from that product a lot. A simple design, really modern and targeting at millennials, first-time investor, giving them a chance of being an investor. So that is from the American soil. In China, you are about in China, just saving a treasure, a small amount of money from Alipay into Tianong Fund. And in Korea, TOS has been doing it really well. So I think those are the guys that we actually really admire and they have been doing great jobs in their countries, America, China, and Korea. 
and same in Pinhai, Vietnam. Hopefully, we can be creating sort of a first one in Vietnam. Yeah. And the difference you mentioned about what the difference is that if you look at Acorn when they design their product, it tends to be really focused. But look at Asia in general. So look at China and look at also in Korea. The way they design products are more jamming in adopt a lot of product lines. I think that is something that in Asian culture, maybe they're having a similarity in Vietnam when we first launched a simple product with one product line. Our end user tend to complain about is lack of content. But now we have more content coming in and more product lines. We see more engagement. So we can see that you know, from the Western perspective in Acon Australia, Race Australia, they are really focused. But in Asian perspective, then TOS having so many product lines, Rebound having a lot of uh, product lines and same as Pinhai. So I think that is the difference between the two where it's more about focusing on one product line but the others are more sort of jamming more product lines in. Nice, thanks for that. And I think that there's one question that all the audience will be very interested to understand is that how has your growth been like, you know, in the first half of the year during the COVID situation? Has any of your approaches changed any differences and so on and so forth? Yeah, we were lucky. We were one of very few businesses that are actually doing well during this time. Our traction hasn't grown more than 10x so far, and transaction volume also increased. Average value per order also increased. Brand awareness also been improved significantly. So when we did our brand check, three out of five people heard about Pinhai or at least used Pinhai, which is a really good sign. And for our partners, especially with the financial institutions, when we approached them, we mentioned that we are from Pinhai, they know straight away. So I think those are really positive key metrics and size that we see after the COVID-19 and our brand has actually been known in the market and people tend to hear from somewhere. That's really exciting. And what's your outlook on the next three to five years for Vietnam's financial markets and the wealth management space? And what will Finhe's role be in this sector moving forward? From my perspective, three to five years, financial market in Vietnam is going to boom, I would say significantly. And there are a few reasons for it. For example, the government has been issuing different projects to State Bank of Vietnam, State Securities Commission, and Ministry of Finance on financial inclusion. So what it means is the government wants to improve the financial market in the country. They want to lift up our market. So currently we are ranked as a frontier market and the government wants to push it into emerging market. And we've been working really hard into it. One of the key metrics that the government pushing really hard is to improve financial literacy and encourage people to trade on the stock market. So currently we have 2.5 million trading accounts and in the next five years, the government wants to push it into 5 million plus. That is the project. The different ministries have been working really hard to make it happen. And as Finhai, we do play a role into this. So now having more accounts accessing to financial market actually help push the financial market. And also in the future where we roll out into different product lines, then that also help with the number of accounts trading and so on as well. That is the role Finhai. We should take part of this project as well. Nice. We continue to look forward to what you have in store for Vietnam's small and medium investors. To close things off, we always ask our guests to share some of their favorite things in our rapid fire question round. <laughs> what is your favorite activity to distress? 
Okay, now I have my own new hobby playing tennis. So training myself from the beginning. So just had my uh, seven sessions. Really enjoy it. Actually, it helped me to de-stress. Traveling also helped. You know, when I travel, actually refresh my thoughts. So I don't get jammed in the office with a lot of tasks keep coming in and people keep coming in and ask me questions. I think we have to traveling, playing tennis, and hanging out with friends are the, the three keys that help just to de-stress myself. Yeah. Any favorite go-to destination for your traveling? I actually really like Japan. Enjoy the culture. Nice. I think that's a place where you have good food, you see the culture, you see nice people. But unfortunately, COVID-19 is here. And, and actually also enjoy India. So I was in India last year, taking Himalaya, sort of the west of Himalaya, and really enjoy it, sort of a blending with the, with the environment and to trekking, long trek, is really enjoy it. Thanks, Hui. That wraps it up for our show today. And thank you, Hui, for going on on call with us today and sharing with us Kinhei's impressive growth story. All right. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Paolo. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Hui. So to all our listeners, stay on the line and connect with us. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Waves, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until our next call, this has been On Call with Insignia Ventures.